This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors, and I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life, so therapy really helped me get through a lot of that. And online therapy is, in my opinion, even better than going to a therapist's office because, let's face it, our lives have changed the last year or so, and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with, with a therapist so quickly. It takes, in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I, go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the, the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because for many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. Um, so if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our, our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, 
This is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's betterhelp.com slash vibe. Betterhelp.com slash vibe. Go start online therapy. DM me on Instagram. Let me know how it's going. And I hope that you get the help, the support, and the healing that you deserve. How very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone, so let's connect and heal our vibe within. Welcome back to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen, and if my voice sounds a little weird or raspy or jumbled, it's because I just had my wisdom teeth taken out today. Yay! (laughs) And I'm feeling fine. I had one pain pill, so I decided, hey, if I'm feeling fine, I'm going to record a episode. And that's what I did. So this episode is a Q&A, and each question is a little bit different. I talk about how I started my spiritual practice um, and what really jumped my spiritual practice. I talk about losing a friend and having that really help me get into my spiritual practice and yoga. And I also talk about what it's like for us um, healers and clairvoyant people and spiritual people who are feeling guilt and shame that's connected to our family members or our friends 
who might be in their own ways and their own patterns that, you know, they can't change. And, you know, I really dove into that whole aspect of bettering ourselves but not being able to control others. And I also talked about hip openers and emotions and yin and restorative yoga and slowing down. So this is a nice wide variety of topics in this episode and I enjoyed it and I just wanted to record an episode of, you know, even though I had my surgery today because I feel fine and actually one of my mentors, Dr. Duff, uh, he's a psychologist in Southern California. He's probably the coolest psychologist that I follow on Instagram and I listen to his I listen to his podcast, the Hardcore Self-Help Podcast. It's one of the best podcasts ever. He's amazing. Um, but he told me that I should record when I'm, you know, when I'm feeling pain and when I'm, you know, feeling high from the pain pills or whatever. Like, you know, there's, there's always a good time to record and I'm trying to be my authentic self at all times. So, yeah. Let's just get right into the episode. I hope that you enjoy it, and let's connect soon. All right, first question. And thank you guys so much for even sending these questions in when I post little polls on my Instagram and all that. Like, it really makes me happy that you guys send me in your questions because they're really good questions, and, like, everybody, everybody can kind of benefit from these. Like, they're not just they're not really specific questions they're they're really good topics so the first question is um when did you first embark on your spiritual journey um so personally for me i would say that i was opened up to spirituality at a very young age even though i didn't have the vocabulary for it i think that i've always kind of been aware as a child hyper aware and kind of always knew that there was like god or spirituality or something higher like um i was i was raised in a kind of a weird way i was raised jewish and catholic um i don't believe in really any of that stuff now although i do celebrate christmas and you know my dad sends me a a hanukkah card but i would really say that I'm just, um, that yoga is my religion. Honestly, yoga is what, what opened me up to it, but, um, I was already spiritual for, for my adolescence. I knew that there was something higher than me always. Um, but I would say that when I went to Israel for birthright, I was 21 and I remember how connected I was when I was there. Like the energy and the vibration there is just so intense, um, especially when I was in Jerusalem. I felt so awoken up and like the the weeping wall and just that old, old city is just like it's vibrating at a different frequency and there there's a lot of energy there. There's a lot of spirits there. So I would say when I was 21, and this was before my yoga practice even started. I didn't even know what yoga was, really. I mean, I, I, I had danced for a big part of my life, but yoga I had never tried before. So when I moved to LA, I would say that's when the next phase of my spiritual, spiritual journey um, began. 
So when I moved there, I had $800 in my bank account. I had no real plan. I had my car and my clothes and whatever belongings that, you know, I could bring. But even though that sounded crazy, um, I knew that I was going to make it work. I trusted the universe. So, and this was before my yoga practice began as well. But like I said, I've always been spiritual and I've always kind of believed in some kind of higher power from the moment that I was a child. And I just have always known that there's something bigger than me. And I feel like there's been people looking looking down on me or I feel like there's been people with me. Um, so I moved to LA. I trusted the universe, went with that whole life change. And then once I actually started yoga, that unlocked something within my mind very quickly and very intensely. The more yoga that I did, the more I connected to myself and my life and my past. And I felt much more connected to God or a higher power or whatever you want to call it. Um, it all boils down to the same thing. It's just a different energy. It's something beyond us. There's something after this. Um, then I think the next tier of my spirituality was when my friend Lance died. He got in a accident, and this was about a year into... No, maybe not not a year into me living in L.A. I was still fresh in L.A., so I was still, you know, getting used to that whole life. But I had been practicing yoga a lot more. And then my friend Lance passed away. And that's what unlocked another spiritual dimension in my practice. And I think it really catapulted me into this world of complete awareness. And it really opened my eyes and shocked me and and forced me to be like, oh my god, like, this is real life. Like, one of my best friends died, and it just happened so abruptly, and I had never experienced that before. I had experienced my grandfather passing away when I was, like, 12, but I barely remember that, and um, this just really hit home for me, and it, it buzzed me into this this complete awareness that I had never felt before and I felt like God was watching me and I felt like I had I better start fixing the way that I was living or maybe I would be next and it kind of planted a seed of fear within me actually a deep seed of fear when it came to death and I was just so confused and uncomfortable by how Lance was gone so quick, quickly and I had been talking to him every day. We texted every day. We video chatted every week or so. And, you know, it's just wild when, when somebody's gone and you look into, into your text messages and you texted them the day before. It's like you want to text them. Sometimes I would forget that he was even gone and I would go to my phone when something happened and want to text Lance it's like it, it really it shocks you and you don't realize how fucking crazy your life feels when somebody just disappears like that and when he passed away I instantly felt Lance's energy around me the first thing that I did after I found out the news was I went and took a yoga class whatever yoga class was happening um, that's all I could really think 
about doing and I think that that actually has a lot of meaning and purpose in that just because if yoga is the one thing that I could only think about after hearing that news then there must have been a reason and in that class in particular I felt Lance around me it was almost like he was just staring there standing there and watching me and staring as I was practicing like I I knew that he was in the room with me if that sounds if that sounds crazy I mean maybe it is but I truly felt like he was there um, so the more yoga I practiced, the more I felt his energy around me, and I think that's what actually forced me into really being in, into going to yoga every day and experiencing that, and I just, it really helped me get to this place of this is real life and I need to stop with my pity party and I need to stop with my poor me and woe is me attitude and um, I was I think I was 23 yeah I was 23 when this happened so I was still young um, and, you know, the more I did yoga, the more energy I felt, the more, the more my spirituality grew. And it, it became more prominent and it, I became more aware as my own spiritual growth became, you know, higher and higher. The more I connected to my body and the more I connected to my routines and my rituals, that's what helped me really establish a spiritual practice because it's going to be different for everyone. But I began reading more books. I, I started off with spiritual books from Deepak Chopra. I remember walking to the LA library and finding books. And and I guess this was before everybody was obsessed with buying books off Amazon. Or at least I still went to the library. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just old school. But um, doing my own practices, getting in my own healing regimes, biohacking. And, and the more awareness and the more spiritual practice I, I brought into my life, the more life buzzed I felt like when I would get a tarot card reading or, you know, little things would just make me f feel super connected to the universe. And um, especially when I, when I worked on my body and I was in nature and I took care of my, my body and my mind, that's when I felt the most connected to a higher source of trusting the universe and I would say that my spiritual practice really um, really got deeper and I really went on the actual spiritual journey once I made it uh, you know a fact that I needed to stop drinking and partying and all that so I've I've gone through multiple phases in my life with I'll have a clean spurt and then I'll have another spurt of like binge drinking and doing coke but like I've always realized that during the little spurts of time that I've been clean no alcohol no smoking no drugs that's when I felt the best in my mind in my psyche in my emotional health in my mental well-being like it's just it all aligns when you are treating your body right and you're you're 
putting clean things in your body and you're not relying on substances and all that. So I hope that answered your question about my spiritual journey and how it started. And the next question is more of more of a topic, I would say. It's not really a question per se, but I really like the topic and I, I'm going to dive deep into it a little bit. So the topic is dealing with and reasoning guilt from feeling responsible for the pain of others or their lack of growth, especially family. So I feel like as a clairvoyant and as someone who is constantly trying to better myself, in my body and in my mind and in my spirituality, it's really challenging to see others who are stuck in their own ways. And if if you're in your spiritual journey and your awareness journey, then you're going to feel this. You're going to feel the weight of others. You're going to feel the pain of others. You're going to feel the, the suffering of others. And that's just normal. Um, you know... When we see a family member who, who's literally stuck in their toxic ways of being or thinking, it feels really heavy and really intense. I believe that we are not only holding on to the guilt from our immediate family, like our mom, our dad, our brothers and sisters, but we're also holding karmic debts mentally and within our psyche from generations before us you know, from our great-great-great-grandparents and, and on and on and on before us. Genetics, everything, you know, trickles down into the blood and, and the bloodline and, like, sometimes different types of illnesses actually skip generations. So, you know, it's like when you have a kid, when, when a blonde-haired guy, blue-eyed, and a brown-haired, brown-eyed girl have a kid, how does the kid come out? And each generation might be different because genetics can skip generations. So I think this is huge. Um, So we're not only holding karmic debts of our mom and dad, but we're holding karmic debts and, you know, the way that our psyche is built from our ancestors. And I feel like depression and anxiety, these are things that, yes, they they can form from a traumatic event. Um, they can form from the past, but when things are going great, we can still get stuck with births of anxiety and depression, and I feel like we can feel the energy of our family and friends if they are going through a rough time right now as well. Like, if my mom is worrying about me and she's constantly texting me and, you know, I can, I can just sense that she's worrying about me, I can feel that energy even if I don't talk to her for a day. Like, I know, I know how her energy is. And I've personally been dealing with this a lot recently with the whole trying to release guilt and shame. You know, I, I feel a lot of guilt and shame from how I was in my adolescence. I was put on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications for over a decade, and then I just decided to stop cold turkey and like didn't want any of that in my system SSRIs and all that shit and I don't have anything against it if that's helping you in your depression you know healing journey or your anxiety healing journey but I've been on a lot of stuff so I feel like when I speak it's all from experience and when I was on all those medications it sort of blurred over me 
for a decade and it's only been up until the past like four years or so that I've regained like my full clarity and grounding without any anxiety medications like the only thing that I take is CBD and it really helps and so I think that has a lot to do with why it's taken me so long to get a grip on my mental health because I was putting a band-aid over my my psyche and I was trying to make sense of it and I couldn't and I think that a lot of what I was feeling as an adolescent as a teenager and as a child I don't think that I was born with that stuff I think that maybe it was passed on from my mom and my grandmother and my dad's mother and you know depression and anxiety run in my family it's just how it is and I think that we have to give ourselves more credit and and not think that we brought this on to ourselves and a lot of becoming an adult and a lot of becoming more spiritually inclined and aware of our lives in the present and in the past is making terms with our past and making terms with our family's pain and our family's lack of growth because we can't really change anyone um, you know, especially when I go home to New Jersey and I visit my friends and my family, it's bittersweet because as I love visiting them and I love being around their energy, it's also very, um, it's very sad in a way that I, I see a lot of my friends and family in the same routines, the same bubbles, doing the same things, and I feel like maybe they are happy, but I feel like a lot of people in my life are not happy and they resort to drugs and drinking and not healthy channels of healing and you know even my dad like he's healthy he he has two jobs he works he's active he has fun with his life but even when I'm around him sometimes I I feel like guilt and I feel this layer of shame and like it's like I have to take responsibility for his life because of my school loans and my college debt and how he's the co-signer and that has kind of internally planted a seed of guilt and shame within me because I feel like he works so hard and um, I just, I, I feel guilty sometimes and I feel like depression hits him sometimes as well and I can I can sense that maybe he's lonely sometimes even though he puts on this front that he's that he's fine, that he's having fun, he's working, and he's active, like, my dad is super cool, he's into, like, the best music, he's, I think, 55, but he looks like he's in his late 30s, early 40s, like, he takes care of himself, so, um, I feel sometimes guilty, and I feel pressure, and I feel icky feelings when I'm around him because I feel like sometimes he's stuck in his like mental and thinking patterns he gets he gets really intense sometimes and he has irritability like we all do but I feel like I can't change him and that gives me that gives me a little stress when I go home it's it's hard for us clairvoyants and us healers to just allow people to keep you know continuing the cycles and the patterns when when we have realized our cycles and our patterns and we keep transcending and we keep growing and realizing that we need to change this and that and I think that with our 
with our like attachment to changing and getting better and being our highest self, we have to find a balance of, you know, we can control our life, we can control ourselves, but we can't control what everyone else is doing and how they're living their lives. So it's, it's definitely, that's, and that's a practice in itself, I think, um, releasing the control and releasing the, the attachment to help everyone around us because as a healer and as somebody who's aware, we just want to make everyone around us happy and, and see how we're seeing. And if we're having a clear, clarity, good day, we want everyone to feel like that. And it's hard to get through to people. So I think as a spiritual awakened being, it's only natural for us to feel guilty and pain from others. For example, if my Lyft driver or someone I'm walking by or someone I meet who I don't know is severely overweight, I personally feel a shock of sadness within me for them. And it's not an anti-fat thing. It's not that at all. It's the factor that they do not give off healthy energy and I can sense that they're not taking care of themselves. Someone who is severely obese, um, yes, they're still human, obviously. We're all human, no matter what illness you have, no matter what mental illness you have. um, We're all the same, but I feel sorry for them and I feel like they're they're in another headspace. I would put an obese person in the same category as a drug addict or an alcoholic or someone with, you know, a crazy mental illness like like cutting themselves or, you know, like something that they can't control. Um, and for me, when I'm when I'm put into the path of somebody who is suffering or like hurting themselves or, you know, not physically healthy, um, I can, I can instantly sense that suffering, and we have to learn how to separate ourselves from this aspect of their life, because who are we to judge, you know, I mean, it's one thing for me to say, oh man, I feel so bad for that, for that woman or that man, they just seem like they're really suffering, and then there's, there's a difference between like, oh my god, I can't believe that they're that they're obese or that they're a drug addict like separating the the pity and the the feeling bad or whatever and knowing that they're human too and we have our everybody has their issues but when it comes to health and well-being and clarity and awareness and overall like just well-being i feel I feel very vulnerable when I'm around people who aren't taking care of themselves. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And, you know, there's only so much that we can do for other people. The one main thing that we can do is extend a listening ear, a smile, a text, a call, a conversation. Uh, you know, maybe you're going to compliment them um, and just show them that you're there for them. So that's what we can really do, um, and that will extend your positive energy to them, and maybe that will give them the, the little burst of positivity that they need to maybe 
be happier that day or take care of themselves in a better way. It's, it's the little things that all add up and create this ripple effect. So in your life, if it's someone who needs physical and emotional healing in your, in your family or your close friends, um, you can always send them articles or podcast episodes and like posts on Instagram about healing or foods that help inflammation or homeopathic remedies, Ayurveda, Pinterest boards. You can, you can send these things to your family members and that's, that could be your form of showing them that you care. And it can be done in a way so that it's better than just being like, you need to change this about yourself, and that's not healthy. Why are you eating that? And why are you drinking? Or why are you smoking? You need to quit. Like, that's pretty much pointing the finger at them, and that's not a good way of telling somebody that they they shouldn't be doing that. They're not going to take you seriously, so you kind of have to kill them with love and kindness in order for them to change their life um, little by little. You can't change somebody's mind, really. So I would say you can start there by just extending your care and your love and and journal and try to maybe talk to a therapist if this is really bothering you, too. Like, if you're working on some deep wounds from your past trauma, your childhood, or your upbringing, and you feel like you're holding on to guilt and, you know, the pain of your family, then maybe if if you feel like there's nothing else that is helping, I would say talk to a therapist or maybe go to a group therapy session. There's also apps that can help you find a therapist via like text and FaceTime and all that. So there's always options for you. So I hope that helped. And before we get into the rest of the episode, I wanted to share with you guys a brand that I'm pretty into right now and I can't wait to share it with you guys. It's called Persona and what this company does is they they create personalized nutrition developed by doctors and nutritionists and what they do is they deliver right to your doorstep every month your own personalized vitamin and supplement regimen. So whether whatever it is that you're going through in your life and your health journey, you take an assessment online. It takes literally three minutes and you just answer a few questions based upon your sleep, your, your health, your wellness, your mental clarity, your hormones, whatever. And then it tells you all of the supplements and vitamins that are going to come in your monthly package. And it's really cool because before I even took this assessment, I kind of had a list going of supplements that I wanted to get on Amazon and it can like really add up. So it was interesting to take the assessment and then I looked at the list of supplements that they had in my personal package and it was basically all the ones that I was going to buy anyways. So instead of buying all these individual supplements from Amazon or Vitacost or whatever it is, this puts it all together for you in one one swoop so it's really easy and if you go through the supplements and the vitamins that they recommend to you and there's one in particular that doesn't work so well with you or you want to swap it out you can do that and you can email them and they can they can swap one out for you for something that you'd be more into trying 
Um, you can check them out on Instagram at Persona Nutrition. And you can also use my link to get a discount off your first couple months of supplements. And I'll put that link in the show notes because it's kind of annoying to, to say through audio. But yeah, check them out on Instagram. It's at Persona Nutrition. And it's a really cool way to implement your personal healing and just like have your shit together and not worry about buying all these supplements online. If that's like something that stresses you out, this is a great way to really kickstart your health because everyone's going through different things and it makes it unique and special and curated for you, which I love. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. Check them out on Instagram at Persona Nutrition, and I'll put the link in my show notes so that you can get a discount on your first two orders. And the last question says, do you find hip opening postures like pigeon make you emotional? I cry after that pose almost every time. And my answer, my short answer is yes, 100%. (laughs) I would cry every single time I got into pigeon pose when I first started practicing yoga at Core Power, um, especially in the heated heated classes because when you're all sweaty and you're releasing so much emotional baggage and tension, when you get into that pigeon pose or you get into that lizard lunge or whatever it is, it's like a shock and you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm here, I can't go anywhere, I'm here with my breath, I'm here with my thoughts. I am here with my past because you never know what can come up during a hip opener. It gets heavy, it gets emotional, and I tell my classes, like, listen, whatever comes up, whatever surfaces up during your hip opener and your hips sequence, just let it come out and close your eyes and breathe through it instead of masking it, instead of pushing it away and burying it away, because if you think about it, the hips are the biggest joint of the body and this is where we hold all of our emotional baggage. Trauma from our past has nowhere to go in the body and sometimes the easiest place for it to go is our hips. So when we start to sit in a hip opener for, you know, two, three, four, five minutes, we are literally forced to face our internal trauma and it's coming out and it's not scary. You can breathe through it, and it's actually very invigorating and very strengthening in your mind to be still in such a vulnerable posture. Even if you're tight, you know, there's, there's ways to surrender with your breath, and it feels good to cry, especially during yoga. Like, that's probably the best cry ever um, because it could be a sad cry, it could be a happy cry, it could be a grateful cry, or just you're just crying out of joy, I don't know. But that's when you want to let that shit out, because when you get into a hip opener and you feel your emotions bottling up and bottling up, that's only going to make you feel a little bit more intense and irritable and you know sad or depressed or anxious or whatever emotion that you're dealing with. And if you just cry and let it out, then you're just going to give yourself that extra healing that you really need. And, you know, the hips are connected to trauma and to past past scenarios that maybe we've, we thought we forgot about, but when we get into it, 
memories start flooding in. So everyone seems to hold their baggage there. And also what I found interesting is I was reading an astrology book the other day and you can, based on your sun sign, you can look up which part of the body holds injury or disease or inflammation um, for your specific sun sign. So for example, I'm a Sagittarius and in the book it says that um, Sagittarius holds all of their tension in their hips and their lower back and that's exactly where I hold it. Um, I think that once you start doing more yoga, more yin yoga and more hip openers and more restorative, it starts to become addicting. Um, and it's, it's an addiction to like releasing that energy because we build up so much of it. And then when we finally get the opportunity to release and chill and breathe in a hip opener, it's like, oh my God, that you, it's almost un- indescribable the way that you feel after holding pigeon for a few minutes and then you come out of it. You feel a difference in your body and your mind. Your mind feels lighter and cleaner, almost like you just had like a nice massage. You know what I mean? Um, so I feel like my yin classes and my restorative classes, they're becoming packed. Like I'm saying like there was, there was a few weeks in a row that like there was like 30 people in there. And this is a huge sign to me saying, okay, people are waking up and they're realizing that that yin is very important. And when I keep seeing people coming back each week for yin, that means that it's helping them. It's helping their body. It's helping their mind. And a lot of the conversations that I have with people after yin um, is based around how they feel emotionally better after they do that type of practice so it's really nice to balance out your power yoga your vinyasa with yin and restorative at least once or twice a week so yin and restorative become staples of my practice and i think that everybody needs to slow down um, more so than ever and the more we slow down the more energy we'll have for these other activities that we're doing so if we take more little breaks and slow down periods to practice meditation and yin and restorative then we'll have way more energy and clarity and motivation to go on that run and to go work on that project or to go and weight train or do crossfit so we really have to find that balance because rest equals health and I just listened to a podcast today, actually. Um, it's kind of an older one, but it's the Joe Rogan podcast. And it's the episode with a neuroscientist on there. Let me see what episode it was. I saved it. The Joe Rogan podcast is fucking amazing. If you guys haven't heard of it, I'm sure you have. But it's number 1109. That's the episode number, and it's all about dreaming and sleeping and how important sleep has become and how we can literally heal our body. Um, We can get our performance way better by sleeping an extra couple hours a night and how our lifespan can increase if we sleep better and get more REM sleep. And and it's just the whole episode, it's two hours of, of them talking about neuroscience and how important sleep is and all of these case studies. And it was honestly like one of my favorite Joe Rogan podcasts and he has over like 1,200 episodes. So I haven't listened to all of them, but 
Um, this is definitely high up there and my favorite, so definitely check that out, and I'll put that in the show notes too. So um, my recommendation for you is to do more yin, do more meditation and hip openers, and try to journal after you do that, and just write down everything that came up so that you can truly release it, because I really believe in writing down our thoughts helps us create more space in our mind so yeah it's awesome going and taking a yoga class and feeling that release of emotion and feeling clear in our mind and everything like that but if you want to take it that extra step go write that shit down all the thoughts all the words doesn't have to be like perfectly written you can write in bullet points and lists and whatever but as long as you're getting it out of your mind and on paper you will subconsciously feel like you just unloaded something so you did the physical unload with the practice and the pigeon and the hip openers and then you did the emotional unload by writing down all of all the things that surfaced up during your practice so i think that's a really really important um, element to bring into your life and and your practice and I think you'll feel so good and keep crying because that's what's going to help you release and feel and we're supposed to feel. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to that special episode of The Vibe Within. And I mean special because I kind of feel special right now with my swollen face and my one Percocet, you know, mind frame but um just want to say thank you guys for tuning in and just being here with me and holding space and it makes me happy when you guys resonate um sometimes the things that i say are unfiltered and maybe it's sometimes not what you exactly want to hear but it's the truth and it's my truths and my experiences and i want to help you guys not feel so alone and keep DMing me, keep emailing me. Um, My only request is if you have a long DM, like I'm saying like really long, it's a story or whatever, um, I recommend that you email me at gabcohen at gmail.com because the long DMs get really intense for me and sometimes I don't have the energy to to go through all of them in in Instagram, but I do stay on top of my email better than Instagram. So again, if you have a long DM or a long story or a question or a concern or a topic that you want to talk about in the podcast, email me at gabcohen at gmail.com. And then also, please rate and review this on iTunes. It really helps new podcasts get pushed up to the top and more noticed. And I've been reading all of your reviews. Also, feel free to screenshot and tag me on Instagram, Gypsy Love Flow, if you're listening and you want me to know that you're listening. Um, share the things that resonate with you. I love seeing you guys and what you do in your lives what you do when you listen to podcasts you know it makes me feel very connected to you guys and a lot of you have said that you feel like we're friends because when I'm sitting here and recording it's like I'm talking to a friend so I am sharing my life with you and you guys are sharing your lives with me by emailing and dming and sending in your questions and just you know feel free to connect and 
let me know what's going on in your life and I try to stay on top of DMs as much as I can you know life gets busy but I try my hardest so um, I hope that you enjoyed that episode and that it helped you in any way screenshot and share with a friend or a family member if you feel like they need to hear this as well and until next time thanks so much for tuning in we will chat soon see ya say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill